politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Welcome to Bottoms Up Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Pottoms up, and welcome to a brand new world. Episode 85, coming your way, the sun hasn't stopped shining, not even at night. It's a brand new world. How are you guys doing tonight? I feel like I should have got some party favors and those little popper things. Poppers? Yeah. You know, like you, you pull them and they, they shoot confetti out everywhere. Oh. Not, not yeah. the kind you sniff. <laughs> no, I'm not even sure Nobs knows what that would be. I'm hoping he doesn't. Uh, we'll just carry on. <laughs> Continue no, telling us how you feel. <laughs> I've been doing fantastic. A little lighter in the step. Yeah, like some some weight has been lifted off my shoulders. It has like three hundred pounds worth of orange <laughs> shit. <laughs> how are you doing, Blato? Uh equally as well. I I don't know that that I feel the same. Like I, you know. Maybe it's my uh, get down to business nature. Like, okay, that's done. Now we got to fix the country. You know? So I, I've been more reserved in my um, uh, gloating, if you will. Oh, Blotto, that's the beautiful part of it, though. Biden's already <laughs> working. You don't have to worry about it. No, it, 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 that that's true. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, like during the campaign and uh, maybe the transition – you know, I've always hated the phrase day one, day one, day one. But, but you know what? He did a lot of the stuff he said he was going to do on day one. Yeah. You, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 I hope he celebrated a little bit after he, you know, got done signing a bunch of EOs. But he, he did uh, get down to business on day one. Yeah, so far he's kept his word. That's better than uh, 365 days times four from the other a-hole. <laughs> he never kept his word one day of all those days. Uh, so you are clicking your heels, aren't you, Fred? Well, I, I definitely am, am trying to enjoy the honeymoon of it. I, I, I know it's not all you know, unicorns and puppy dog tails and all that kind of stuff, but you got to admit... It, it's pretty important to, to get rid of the initial cancer and he's doing what he said he's going to do. It, it, it's, it's great to see people smiling again. I mean, I, I, the day after I actually kind of woke up and it dawned on me when I was sitting in bed and I was smiling then too. It's like, you know, I'm just going to ride it for what it's worth. The honeymoon will go away soon. We know the ugliness is already going on on Fox News, so 
Just take Although it. Although that ugliness word. is laughable. Well, not in their world. That they, they 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 believe it to be true. But but some of the things that they're they're picking on are are, are just they're hilarious. <laughs> you know. He he told that AP reporter, you know, get real, man. Give me a break. And that's a scandal all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like you guys have fun with that. If that's what if that's what you're going to do, good luck. I don't know. I just felt a little happier. The air seemed a little fresher. The sun was a little brighter and there was a little glimmer of hope. So I'm... I'm a pessimist by nature, so I'm going to kind of ride this little wave while I've got it. So, Well, that's reason enough to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And we are going to celebrate. Uh, after we talk a little bit about uh, our episode and the corresponding year of music that was, where are we at here at, uh, Knobs? 85. 85. What a... Awful year. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm like, I hadn't done any research, but I, I, I'm just thinking, we're we're moving into that mid '80s, and this was, this was so not you and I, Fred. <laughs> well, no, see, I love '80s music, the, like the new wave stuff. I, yeah. to this day, I'm, I'm still a huge fan. I, I'm sight s i t e stuck in the '80s. That, I love that stuff, but. The, the sites that I go to for this, it's mostly, you know, or traditional rock and pop and stuff. So, oh. well, okay. The, but the, one of the reasons it is, is, is because that stuff that you were, you, you were a fan of back then and still are, um, it, it didn't have legs. Like it, it or, or longevity, right? It didn't have, it, it, it didn't have staying power. So when you know when we talk about um, you know that was the year that Night of the Opera was released, for instance. Okay, that has a lot more gravity to it than to say that was the year that you know flocking flock of seagulls did their release. You, you know what I mean? Careful. I, I'm I'm trying not to be. <laughs> But but I think you get my point, right? You can argue with it, but that's you know the, the stuff that was produced then and the new wave sound. It was fun for that time for those that got into that, but it had no. It, it didn't. It doesn't have life. The right radio stations are on. <laughs> Yes, you can still listen to it. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. It's 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 endless. No, it's not. <laughs> like it's I said, I, I will well accept it. Wonderful. I I, I I I welcome the discussion on it, but really uh you know it, it so much of the support of that genre of that time just comes down to personal preference. It, it's hard it would be hard for you to make a case of there's a large body that supports that as significant, uh, uh, um, you know, lens beyond the scale of time uh, music kind of thing, you know? Whatever you say. I don't know. So, so, so what, what, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? 
<laughs> Whitney Houston debut <laughs> <her> first album. <laughs> you're, 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 you're leading with your with your with, with your big gun first, I imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, coming out of the gate flying. <laughs> so what did Whitney Houston do in 1985? She deb- debuted her first album, and and you can't take it away from Whitney for what she was. She was iconic powerhouse so i felt she deserved to make the list uh-huh yeah what the hell was the name of the guy the music guy who found her what the heck i watched a documentary the other night on him he's like one of the biggest names and i can't think of what his name is right now who, who are the big producers either of you guys know I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, like you know, like Barry Gordy was the Motown guy. Yeah. Uh, um, Phil Spector was the guy that died, but it went to jail. But not Phil Spector, the other guy. Uh, Geffen. No, oh, it'll come to me. But anyways, Whitney Houston was a big part of this documentary. Mm. So that's another reason I kind of put her on the list. <sighs> Madonna did her first tour that year. <laughs> This one I thought was kind of interesting. Michael Jackson outbids Paul McCartney for the Beatles publishing rights. Oh, huh. Paul McCartney, do you remember when that happened? That I was always shocked that Paul McCartney let he let Michael Jackson outbid him. But it was it was chump change, 47 million dollars. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. And that, that's when the, all the Beatles stuff started showing up in commercials and stuff because Jacko didn't mind uh, selling out to the man. So, And then the other two notable things were uh, there were some big music fests that year. Do you remember the Rock in Rio? The Rock in Rio? No. That was a, there was a, like 1.5 million people at this Rio de Janeiro festival hmm. and then there was the live aid live aid yeah I was gonna say. yeah that, that was another big one and uh since you brought him up mr greedy dylan bob dylan released two albums that year empire burlesque and biograph um empire burlesque is a, is a pretty good album i've never heard of either one of these i was um, listening to flock of seagulls yes <laughs> you want to talk about a good album yeah so that's it that's all i got um well i mean live aid was huge right i mean yeah there there was also the um it wasn't a festival but uh it was usa for africa remember all the kids starving and was it ethiopia is that where all the starvation was going on and yeah they put together that band of about a hundred people and any big name and every big name was part of that, but it wasn't a festival, but it was sort of the same thing. It was kind of when th- th- this year was kind of when those big charity concerts started kicking up. Mm-hmm. I, I guess in a sense that it was pretty notable. Maybe that's what the eighties music scene should be known for oh yeah 
<laughs> Anyways, on to the beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, presented uh, by Knobs, right? Yep. It was my turn. So uh, I had to buy this one for the name. It's Pigeon Hill, Mikey's Little Wiener Beer. Yay. <laughs> uh, and there's a little little story behind it. Clive uh, Davis. Sorry, Clive Davis. <laughs> He's the we producer. Shout out, we shout out random names now? Clive Davis! Clive Davis! <laughs> Anyway, thank you for the interruption, Fred. That's okay. Sorry about that. Uh, it says, Wiener Beer, the original amber lager, originated in Vienna and became one of the most popular beer styles in the U.S. in the late 1800s. These days, it is our owner Michael's favorite style, so we named this one after him. Little Mike. Little Mike. Mike. Little Wiener Beer. Uh, and I, I hope he owns a dachshund. <laughs> otherwise uh, you know there's there's more to it yeah for sure uh five percent abv so it is little in that regard too uh, not really uh it's slightly toasted lightly hopped infinitely drinkable so i guess we'll mm. find out very nice color it is a copper beer Copper to ruby. I'm sure it's not picking up, but the one thing I noticed about this beer when I poured it, it had a beautiful sound. Like the the, the fizziness was just like, you know, echoing through the glass. It was awesome. The magical fizz. I mean, it's something that I don't normally pick up. So it was noticeable. That is a beautiful color. Uh, for all that fizziness, I didn't get a lot of head, but that's all right, of course. Nor did I. Yeah, I got like a centimeter. Um, what did you convert to metric? Yep. Okay. I'm so close to Canada. It just flip-flops back and forth every now and again. Well, I, I have to say, um, I, you know, I don't pick up much on the aroma, but there's a nice beer smell to it. Yeah, um, I like the smell. Just this small hint of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have much to compare it to, right? I don't know much about Vienna-style beers. I, I, I know that um, our, our, our brewer up at the place, he very much wants to do a Vienna-style beer. It's on his list for 2021. So, so he's a big fan, so I'll have to tell him about this. I don't think I've ever had one, and if I had, I didn't know it was a Vienna style. Um, and, and he does talk about how he feels like it's it's sort of the, um, you know, the, the grandfather of beers. Um, I didn't even know it was a kind of beer, to be honest. I, I didn't know it either. Uh, knobs until he mentioned to me last summer that because we were talking about you know what does he want to brew and he said oh, I'd love to do a Vienna like oh okay what is that 
Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen by the time we get done, but I know I'm going to be done with this beer. I really like it so far. I think it is actually very drinkable. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down almost half already. Is there a little bit of uh, like citrus flavor to it? You guys are getting? Or is that just me? Well, well, that's that lightly hopped part, wouldn't it be? Is it? Maybe. You I know? like it though. And you know, yeah, Fred. I was gonna say, you know what I noticed about it is that it has like a real thick kind of mouth feel, almost to the point where you don't feel any of the carbonation. It's it's almost like drinking wine to me. It's got like a a smoothness to it. You know, where some beers you get the, the, the carbonation kind of gives you a little tingle or whatever. This has none to me, which well, is maybe maybe the, that's the way it's carbonated is all those bubbles popped when I heard, you know, when I poured it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So it, it, it maybe it's no, just kidding. Uh, who knows? Stranger things. It, it does have good mouthfeel, though. There, there, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. There's, uh, um, it, it's not a thin beer. Nope. Uh, I noticed the, the first kind of taste of it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It was almost like a little too sweet the first taste, but my mouth was coated with it. Then the second taste, the sweetness is kind of backed off. So like the the first initial sip, I wasn't crazy about it, but it's gotten better much. It's gotten better quick. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <clears throat> okay, time to go get another one. Yeah, <laughs> just about. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I could I could certainly, and again, we'll see how it goes at the end, but. I, at this point in time, I certainly could see myself picking up another one, another another four pack, six pack, whatever they come. I think I would like to try this in the summertime. Okay, we give you permission. Okay, thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Does it seem like a summer beer to you? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it's a light enough, drinkable summer beer. Like it'd be good for the hot weather. Makes um, me think of fall. Really? Yeah. That I don't get. Uh, I mean, other than the color, but the the marketing and the flavor, uh, I see it as a as a nice year round beer. Oh, we got the whole yeah, we got everything year going on. covered. Yep. <laughs> All right, that's not too bad. Off to a good start. So this is this is our our first celebratory drink since inauguration, right? Yeah. Did Did uh, you guys celebrate? Physically celebrate? I I I did. Maybe a little too much so, actually. <laughs> I did a little <laughs> celebrating. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you how much so. 
so I was drinking um, James Pepper's 1776 uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. I thought 1776. How appropriate, right? Nice touch. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I was maybe three glasses in. I don't. I don't. Maybe maybe more. And we were watching the inauguration, which was a beautiful inauguration, a great TV spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were listening to the the Black Pumas song. I did not see that. Uh, Naps? I've never even heard of that. Okay. Uh, it might have been later <laughs> for you guys. I don't so, know. so you're talking about the nighttime thing with all the the nighttime thing, yes. Oh, oh, okay. okay, where they had all the different artists all performing different in different places. I think they were on the mall, but I'm not positive. But I think they were outside. Okay, so was it like the parade across the country or something? It was called. Uh, yeah, I thought they were going to do like more of that, like location and. That, that didn't come together maybe as they had intended, um, but it didn't matter. Like they weren't, they weren't relying on the, on the idea that everything was geographic. And if, if that was what their intent was for us to notice in a big way, I would say kind of fail. Um, I, I forget which song it was where I thought it was going to be like this whole montage thing, but it, it didn't I'm like, okay, that was a little underwhelming. But, but anyway, back, back to how much I had celebrated so after we're watching this one song, okay, from a band that I'd only heard of because uh, a Semicolon told me about them, but I knew nothing else. Watching one song, uh, three, probably, you know, three fingers full of 1776 bourbon, and I... Uh, ordered Pop-Tart to quickly order their vinyl on Amazon so we could get it as quickly as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? Yes. (laughs) She's like, this is a nice song. I'm like, yeah, I like this too. Order it up on Amazon right now. (laughs) Do you have it now? Um, No, it's arriving, uh, I think, uh, Monday. Black Pumas. Never so heard. I had enough celebration to do the impulse buy of the Black Pumas debut album. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, you helped and, a new artist out. There well, you go. The, the other thing about it is, which which is kind of cool, is it will be a keepsake that I have from that inauguration. Like now, now I have a story. You know, why do why do I have the Black Pumas? Always have a story to tell. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. So, so that's how I celebrate it. How about you, Nobs? What do you do? Uh, I happen to uh, have the day off that day. <laughs> um, so I, I started early in the morning, not drinking, but uh, watching the events unfold. And twelve oh one, I did a shot to celebrate, and that's really about it. Not nearly as. Uh, it's interesting. No impulse buys this bottle. <laughs> I love impulse buys. Impulse buys are good. Yeah, I do it too often. Uh, yeah, so, sometimes. 
I did the same thing at 12.01. I did a shot and a beer. There you go. I didn't start my day drinking until probably like 3 or 4 o'clock. I was working, so I had a... That was at 12.02. <laughs> I was <laughs> So... And wow, yeah. chill out. We're always working. Always working. I'm always working. You know. I was on my own time, though. I was on lunch. Yeah, it's your lunch hour. You're allowed to drink. Yeah. As much as you can in an hour, isn't that? that that's what my job description says. <laughs> you guys hiring over there? <laughs> um. Uh, but you know, uh, it was, it, it was terrific, right? I mean, the inauguration was terrific, even without the people there, they, they, they put out, put on a good TV spectacle. Um, you know, there were no knuckleheads trying to create some kind of scene. I mean, I guess 25,000 of America's finest will, you know, dissuade you <laughs> you <laughs> I, I still was waiting though for some ass bag to like light something on fire like just outside of the perimeter just to put things in motion you know what I mean not, uh-huh. not anything really threatening but I, I just thought for sure someone would try something stupid and I, I think you're right I think that was 25,000 and the FBI, drones in the sky. I think they had everything pretty well pinned down. <laughs> and, and, and it just goes to show you, you know, really how weak their movement is. You know, yeah. they, 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 talk, they, they, they talk tough um, when, uh, you know, they have their numbers or when they're surrounded or I should say, shielded by social media, um, and, and it also—I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe does it say something to the effect of they know that there was no steal, that they really right? I, I mean, it's um, if you truly believed, if you really, really believed that the election was stolen. You, Somebody would try something, even if it meant their life, right? True patriots would. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think there was just so much security that they knew they were getting nowhere close to do anything. Yeah. And maybe, maybe they figured it's best not to fight today but instead fight tomorrow if you know what i mean yeah when everyone starts relaxing again yeah well so I, my, my I, concern has always been not so much going after the capital but these one and two crazy people going off and attacking much smaller less heavily armed locations but they you know, but like they didn't even do that uh for the state capitals uh, there was some protest. There was one at ours. Protest, like no, no attacks, but no, there yeah, was armed, armed protest. Yeah, 
But but no, my fear, like I said, is just the the smart but crazy people that know you know that standing on a Capitol step isn't going to do anything, but maybe driving up with a bomb will. Yeah. Well. Yes. I mean, certainly. Um, Biden being elected has not, uh, you know, eliminated domestic terrorism, right? I mean, that's not, yeah, that's not going away. No, Um, not the hardcore people. Maybe some of the, you know, QAnon cult members have backed off that a little bit. (laughs) The diehard crazies are still out there. I know this really wasn't on our list to talk about, but you mentioned QAnon. (laughs) It's it's comical, right? The way that world is blowing up. <laughs> it, it, it didn't is, take long, did it? Well, it, it only took as long for half of them to discover that they'd been had, and yeah. I guess kudos to those that have come to that level of reality. But it's still hilarious. I got played by the dope, you know. And, and and here's the here here's the thing about that, right? Have you been played if everyone told you you were getting played? I, I've been trying to rationalize that. Have you been duped if everyone told if you if people were telling you you're getting duped? Over and over and over. Like 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 is there another level of being con? Is 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 it the is it is it, is it is it is it cult? Like is that is that the next level of being conned? Is, is the is the brainwashing the 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 cult? It's got to be. That seems like the logical progression. <laughs> you know, being conned is, you know. Walking through New York City and, you know, some guy, you know, wants to play a little three-card Monty with you, right? And you've never heard of it, and it looks very simple. I can beat this guy. Yeah. You can't get it right every single time. <laughs> and, and and so then that's being kind. But if, you're, if, you, if you walk up to that guy playing three-card Monty, and the guy that just got fleeced right before you is still there. And he's telling you, uh, dude, you will never win. <laughs> and you still give the guy your money. <laughs> what is that? Is that, is that being kind or is that just like some level of ignorance that, that's beyond just being kind? It's gotta be right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't feel obviously we don't feel any empathy for those idiots because they were told repeatedly 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> um but anyway, yeah I, I well they were you know you know what makes it even more embarrassing is okay you you got conned dumbasses and then really look at what you got conned about. Democrats eating children in the back of a pizza parlor. I mean, examine what you've been conned with. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, um, the stupidity. I, I, I was watching some news talk last night, and uh, or it could have been this afternoon. But they were the, the question was, you know, they were talking about the QAnon supporters, and and who they are, and you know, are, are there, there must be different levels. Like there's there's you know the, the knuckleheads that are buying into everything. But then there's got to be like, you know, the a la carte QAnon, right? I'm not believing that, you know, John Podesta, you know, eats babies. But I believe that, you know, Trump's going to arrest, you know, James Comey. <laughs> like, like, you, you know, I, but I think that I think... I th- <laughs> I think from that particular segment, most of the panel believe that, yeah, the vast majority of them believe that Podesta's eating babies. Like, like, like that, that, that's a greater segment than of the QAnon supporter uh, than the a la carte guy who's just kind of picking and choosing his conspiracies. <laughs> Where do you think they ever came up with that whole thing? I mean, what what spawned that? I mean, of, of all all conspiracies to believe Something like that is so over the top. I think, you know, we don't want to play armchair psychologist, right? Why not? But I, I think people just want to believe stuff like that. What else that. are we going to do? Yeah, right. I, I just think people want to believe. There's, there's people out there that want to believe that. Oh, no, I, I get that. But why that? I mean, it's well, so weird and so far-fetched. Okay, so let's say you're Q. Unbelievable. So, so let's say you're Q. Okay. And I and I, I I'm I'm pretty sure there is no single Q, right? It's 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 people that would post anonymously on the anonymous platforms. It's it's known to be at least two people. Um, you and, know an and, awful lot about this for some reason. <laughs> know thy enemy. <laughs> and uh, yes, and so so you start dabbling, right? And you're like, oh, let's see what takes. You know, the. do you remember during the Russian disinformation investigations, um, especially after the election, when these reporters were going out to, um, uh, what is it, like Moldavia or whatever, which was the heart of the, the, the fake news? And, and teenagers were writing all the fake news. That's the troll factories? Yeah. Okay. Um. And when they when they talked to these kids that were writing these stories, what they found was the more outrageous, the more clicks it got. And mm-hmm. and so you know if if you want to write something anonymous that is going to go viral and get more people to hate Democrats, phew, sky's the limit. Like like you're I, like it goes so far as to. You know, a child sex trafficking ring in a pizza parlor. Well, the sex trafficking thing, I I can almost see why they bite on that. <laughs> but the, can, the cannibalism part, it's like, what are you talking about? It, it's just taking it to the next level. I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's, it, it almost gives credence to the, the ridiculousness of it, you know? So. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, You know, I I didn't listen. I I wasn't able to listen to all of Biden's um, inaugural speech. 
Um, but I did hear, like, some people talk about how outstanding it was. That's the best speech I've seen him give. I mean. Yeah. Um, I think it was truly coming from the heart and yeah, I was, uh, I was impressed. I, I thought it was very uplifting and gave you hope. It, it, it didn't sound that canned to me. It just sounded more natural than a lot of the stuff you hear coming out of him. No, it, it, it sounded very natural. The delivery was great. And, and so he believes it. Um, you know, that's all that, that says. And the other thing is that I thought, um, both from the parts that I saw or heard and what people were saying is it, it walked that really, really fine line that was needed between sounding uplifting and positive, but at the same time, putting things in the context of where we're at today and what preceded this, you know? Because if you just if you just did what we did and rip on Trump all day, right? That sounds negative. <laughs> and, and and so you know he couldn't do that, but he also wasn't going to excuse it. So it has to be done in a way that says, okay, this is why this is going to change in the future, without saying, well, that's what it was in the past. But then you automatically are making that connection in your brain, right? The reason this has got to get better is because, oh yeah, that was so fucked up. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's what really kind of made the speech uh, great was because he did manage to do both of those things. Um, My only complaint about the speech is I wish he would have wore the Ray-Bans because <laughs> it was really sunny <laughs> yeah. and, and his eyes were shut the entire time. <laughs> Just he to looked, add a, a level of kick-assness to it, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, that too had been like, kind of like Top Gun, you know. He'd had an aviator helmet under his arm while he was doing this speech. That would have been cool too. See, I kind of wish he was wearing Bernie's mittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the one thing that was that's 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 an excellent point, Nobs. The one thing though that w- Joe Reason and myself both said is someone needed to. Um, slick his hair down because the wind was blowing opposite of the way he combs it. And he had this handful of hair just kept standing straight up from the wind. It was kind of distracting. I noticed that as well, but eh, it's an outside event, whatever. And, 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 you know, hats are never a good idea for these guys. No, no, for sure. Um, And why is that? Whatever. Right. But, you know, Rachel Maddow always says politicians should never put anything on their head. (laughs) (laughs) It's never a good look. You know, even even Bernie had the mittens, but didn't have a hat. Riddle me that. When you have such a heavy winter jacket on, you don't need anything on your head. You're already warm (laughs) enough as it is. And, and then, and then some. When you're bald, you need a hat. You yeah, I, 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 biggest. You could have the South Pole ice parka on, and if you don't have a hat on, you're going to be cold. Take it from me. It, it, it would have been. It, it would have been even that much better if it was like another knitted cap that didn't <laughs> match the mittens, right? And then like a big fuzzy beanie on it. 
that was kind of a miss. You know, but the Bernie memes are great right now. They're they're the best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So which which are better? Okay. The Bernie memes or the Chris Christie memes when he was sitting on the beach? I like the Bernie ones better. I like the Chris Christie one. I thought they were funnier. I don't even know the Chris Christie meme. Memes? That's when uh, he told everybody to stay home, right? And he was out on the beach with his family? Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's, He just looks like a fat guy sitting in a lawn chair. <laughs> And so they put it everywhere. The same, the same principle is what they're doing with Bernie. Bernie one is way better. You don't even know. Yeah, exactly. I would know if it was good. Since I don't, <laughs> since I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it hasn't even got on his radar. Yeah. Plot, no? And and I, I, I don't know how you can be a member of the team for three years now and you not know about the Chris Christie memes. I don't remember it being so prolific, though. Mm. I mean, I remember it happening, but I don't. All right, guys. What happened? You're outnumbered. I, I suppose. Um, any anything? Well, I, I, I was going to say on the inauguration or on the speech, but there there is something there that I I think is really noteworthy and I, I think it's hilarious in maybe in a sad way so the republicans are now calling out biden because he denounced racism and white supremacy and domestic terrorism in his speech this is the rand paul thing right it's it's not just rand paul um be, because you know the republican right-wing echo chamber uh, you know, it, it travels really fast. Um, but Rand Paul made it a point. Um, uh, you know, wh- what did Steve Schmidt call it? Uh, 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 guilt of consciousness. So Rand Paul is mostly the one that I've heard, and I've only saw like little sound bites of it. But what what do they think he is? talking in code or something like that is, is are they accusing him of dog whistling or something you know yeah what and, what what is a matter with saying white supremacists are bad etc i mean why do they have an issue with that if they have an issue with it obviously it means they back it they're offended and if you're offended by people criticizing white supremacy, well, then you're probably a white supremacist. Here here was his quote. He says, if you read his speech and listen to it carefully, this was on Fox primetime. If you read his speech and listen to it carefully, much of it is thinly veiled innuendo, calling us white supremacists, calling us racists, calling us every name in the book, calling us people who don't tell the truth. Guilty as charged. Well, that, that's okay. I, <laughs> I kind of like this whole like narrative. I'm, I'm like, go, Joe. This is, this is the way that I think we need to fight. I, you, you know, I don't think that Biden needs to be defended and say, which this article does on MSNBC. Okay, they're titled. 
on this article where they talk about Rand Paul says, Rand Paul outraged by the wrong part of Biden's inaugural address. I think he's outraged by the right part of his inaugural address. Biden is calling you a racist. He is calling you a liar. He is calling you a white supremacist. So I, I'm cool with that. Let, let's dog whistle back. Let, you know, give, give Biden the plausible deniability to say, I never said Republicans were racist. I never said Rand Paul was racist. So it's perfect, in my opinion. I don't have any problem with Rand Paul's position at all. He's not wrong on this one. I do believe that there was thinly veiled innuendo, <laughs> calling them white supremacists, calling them racist, calling them every name in the book, calling them people who don't tell the truth. I'm thrilled to death. Yeah, I just I just think the last perm he got, they curled him up a little too tight. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, if it stings, then you have a problem. Then you have to look in the mirror. You know, so mm -hmm. I, 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 I mean, it, it kind of. Um, and, and maybe I went off on this last week or the week before, or maybe I haven't gone off on it yet. But, you know, Rand Paul and Fox News and the right-wing media machine, especially in talk radio, are trying to use those comments in a way that says Joe really isn't interested in unity. And again, Joe shouldn't be interested in unity. Unity is overrated. Screw it. Push forth your agenda. I'm not about unity. And, and here's why. Because they're not about unity. Oh, no way. That, that, that's that's, that's the reason. If they were serious about unity, but you, you know what's What's, what's happened to me, and I was kind of this way during the Obama years, I find myself tapping in to the right-wing echo chamber more than the left-wing. And then when Trump was elected, I went back to the left-wing. You know, it, it, a little bit of it is, as you mentioned earlier, Nobs, know thy enemy. Mm -hmm. And so now that Biden's been elected, or even when he was president-elect, I was pushing, pushing the, 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 the Patriot button on Sirius XM more than I was hitting the Progress button. Because I wanted to hear what they had to say. I wanted to hear what outrageous spin that they were trying to put on to anything and all things that Biden and the Democrats were trying to do. And it's breathtaking the amount of hatred that they are spewing right now. And it's not so much Fox News. Maybe because they're, they're not radical enough for me to listen to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They've been left in the dust. They, ha they, they, they don't have a home. They don't have a listener, really. I mean, in, in numbers, they do, right? I mean, you know, you know, I'm, 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 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm, but in terms of ideology, they're 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 kind of squirming. But Breitbart Radio, Breitbart Publication, Patriot Radio, those kinds of things, um, you know, they are they are frothing about Joe Biden. It, it, it's it's a little scary because again we talk about you know is there going to be that idiot that does something. But just just the hatred that they are trying to um, instill in what remains of their base um, uh, is kind of shocking, and using things like this to try and do it. And and so you know when when Rand Paul is says well, there, there's two things to it, right? When Rand Paul says. That's thinly veiled innuendo. Okay, obviously he's stung by it, so he's got to put himself in that. But it's also really trying to divide Americans, because if you are going to use the plausible deniability and just take what Joe said on 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 its face and on its surface, everyone should be against lying, white supremacy, terrorism, racism. Like that's a pretty easy thing to, for everyone to get on board behind. So by, by calling it out, even if you didn't really think it applied to you, but calling it out and saying that he's saying this about other people, that's not unity. That's that that's that's calling for division. Hmm. You know, unity to the Republicans means do it my way. <laughs> you're you're a Trumpster. That's what unity means. And, and, and some of this, like I said, I, I heard directly on, on talk radio in the last week. They don't want unity. And it wouldn't bother me one bit for Biden to come out and say they don't want unity. So why, why, why would I ext extend an olive branch to somebody that's just, you know, going to knock it out of my hand? You know what? You made me think of something <clears throat> as far as this whole unity thing goes. The Senate. Mm -hmm. the, the Democrats own the Senate right now, even though it's just by the vice president. But why they would give any power to McConnell or anybody and with, the, with the R next to their name is beyond me. I mean, I don't know that they will or how far they'll take it, but... I guess because it's a 50-50 Senate, traditionally they have tried to share powers and be inclusive. I wouldn't be. Yeah, no, if they do, then Chuck Schumer is that guy next in line at the three-card money table. Yeah, I mean... Right? I, oh, uh, oh, you just got ripped off? Let me get ripped off again. Like, you're, you know... <laughs> McConnell is the last person I would give anything to. I would try and drive him into a corner, a shaking little turtle in a corner, weeping, sobbing. That's what I would try to do with him. I wouldn't try and include him. I wouldn't share. I wouldn't empower him in any way. Him of uh, all people. Yeah, and, and McConnell's not interested in unity. No. I mean... What 
What unification efforts did he ever make? Ever. He's been a nightmare since they got the Senate back during Obama. It's been nothing but hell since. (laughs) So, you know, I I, I really hope when when Biden talks about unity, I, I, I hope that he's thinking unity means my way or the highway. That's what unity means to him. I'll buy in on that. I, yeah, right. No, that's 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 what it ought to be. I don't know. We we will see. Um, you know, t- time will tell, and and some of it's going to be short time. You know, uh, one of the things that I gotta say, I was a little disappointed in uh, the first presser. Um, you know, uh, what's her name? Amy? The redhead? Yeah. I don't know. Um, she's got a silent letter in the beginning of her last name. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we should know that, right? Because we always knew, (laughs) we knew Spicy's name, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, when, you know, because of the press conferences, uh, tangent point here, they're they're showing the old press conferences from Sean Spicer. Saki. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, her first name is uh, Jen. Jen. Jen Saki. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I've seen, you know, recent, uh, I've seen recently clips of some of Spicer's pressers. <laughs> How... Um, how confrontational. Like, just when he walked up to the podium, it was, it, it, the battle ensued. It, and then you see her up there, and it's like, we're, we're just trying to report what's going on and answer your questions. And <laughs> This doesn't have to be a confrontational thing. Is this your complaint? No, no. My oh, complaint okay. is... Gonna say, really? Yeah, no, no. My complaint is, there was some of that Typical political answering, and, and and yes, we're not going to get a wet, you know, get get oh, out from underneath back around to this. But like you know, does 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 Biden support, you know, the criminal prosecution of Donald Trump? She's not going to answer that. And and there were a couple questions, um, kind of along those lines about. What does he plan to do in terms of not just his actions, because he doesn't really have the power to do it, but his opinions of such actions? And, you know, she gave the typical stuff that, you know, we're going to treat the DOJ as, you know, an independent arm and they'll make the right decisions and those kinds of things. So it it wasn't like it was 100 percent full transparency. I don't think you'll ever get there. And that's no, I, I don't think I, I don't think there ever will be. Um, but as a as a as a citizen looking for you know somebody making those um, more bold, our, our leaders making more bold uh, opinions known about matters that I think are really important. Um, 
and other people do too, or they wouldn't ask the questions. It, it can be a little um, disappointing. But but typical politics aside, and maybe we shouldn't get caught into the typical politics aside, but okay, let's say we do that. It was refreshing to see normal press conferences. It, it, there, to, to me, that almost made me want to celebrate more than just waking up the next morning and realizing that the, you know, the orange man, orange man child has, had, has now, you know, drifted off. Left the building. The, the, the presser really made it seem like, okay, maybe some things, some institutions, it, it's, they can be switched back pretty quickly. You know, it, it's it, it's not a time to heal or fix. It can actually happen right away. And, and, and so that's what made me feel good about both the press conference yesterday that I saw a good portion of, and then a little bit today it was kind of background noise for me, but kind of the same thing. I thought it was pretty great that Fauci looked like he had yeah. the weight of the world taken off his shoulders. He didn't have someone stepping on his neck. And uh, he seemed pretty happy. A lot of laughing, a lot of joking around. And uh, he got to go up there and talk some science and, and, and not be have a governor on him telling him what he can and can't do. Um, you know, this, this kind of leads me to uh, uh, something else there, um, Fred, that we didn't talk about, and that is, but this is really kind of unfolding today. We're not we're not surprised, right? But um, you know, maybe we were hopeful that there really was a rollout plan for the vaccine from Trump and his clown car, but it appears that there was not. And again, not not really surprised. Well, they had a plan. So you're wrong there. They had a plan. They were just going to dump the vaccine on the states and have them deal with it. That was their plan. <laughs> In essence. And which they didn't even have enough to dump. They promised it to them and then they it wasn't there. That's that's obscene. You you think they could bring charges against Trump for that? That alone. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I remember kind of thinking when I was hearing this sort of unfold. I'm like, it should be criminal. Like that that was a thought that I had. Right, this should be criminal. But it's well, not. yeah, but but it's not. But I know there's no way to quantify people that die because they don't have a plan. But e even Fauci today, I saw him today say, yes. He basically said, he goes, I'm not pointing fingers. Yeah, he goes, I heard this. But yes, it costs lives. It, it makes they, it only logical. That it makes, yeah. He was saying that, how could it not? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. he, he's still a little hesitant on slamming on those guys, but I think he should. Maybe it's not in his nature. He just seems like a pretty nice guy, so 
he he may never come out and you know swing the shit hammer around. And I bet you he could though. I bet you he could. I bet he could write a hell of a book. He probably will. Dude's eighty years old. How many more years? I bet you this is his last rodeo. <laughs> he gets us through this pandemic. He's probably gonna mosey on off into the sunset. Yeah, no, and he would deserve to do so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because he's had quite a stellar career. I'm just glad they didn't bring the scarf bitch along. Um, uh, Burke or Burke. Brick. Burke, Brick, whatever. <laughs> she was okay in the beginning, but she, she knuckled under to the dumbass. You know, um, she should have been screaming from the mountaintops when he looked over at her and talked about injecting uh, Lysol into people's veins, yeah. bleach or whatever. The, the poison he decided to use that day. Burks, that's her name. Uh, that day, she should have been hollering from the mountaintops, waving her scarf around in the air for anyone to see. And, and she sat there and looked like a dummy. <laughs> Didn't do anything. She, I mean, deer in headlights with a scarf. Oh, my God. I'm just glad. I, I thought... The, I, I had a sick feeling that uh, Biden was going to bring her along. I'm so glad that, that he didn't. Fauci yeah. year for sure. But um, I hope he brings back that Chris Krebs. The, I don't recall. He's the um, cybersecurity dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I want him to actually hire back Comey... Um, what was the other FBI guy they beat the crap out of? God, I'm terrible. Oh, um, the, the the lovers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was the guy that took uh, Comey's. But but, but he he is bringing back uh, Christopher Ray. Hmm. Um, well, he never left. Yeah. Uh, Struck a, Peter Struck. Peter Struck. Yep. Well, Christopher Ray, that was a ten-year appointment, so. It's just continuing. Uh, well, Comey had one too. I think Struck should come back. Um, the other. Did you hear what I said? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, like I, again, these were the norms that Trump broke that can, that don't really need to be, you know, repaired over time, right? He's going to yeah. keep Christopher Ray and re, re, you know, reinstitute that norm of independence in the FBI leadership and that terms go beyond presidencies. When he could just as well fire him and say, Hey, Trump did it. But I think you were saying something else. You think? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I don't think I ever have a point. I just meander. No, you always have a point. You always have a point for, um, what um, is, is there anything else about the cabinet position? Andrew McCabe, that was the other one. Oh, McCabe, that's who it was not struck. Well, no, no, Peter struck too. Yeah, yeah, McCabe is also who I was thinking of. Yeah, Andrew McCabe. Yep, he. I, 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 would I don't like think struck would come back. I would love for them to hire back every single one of these people. Vinman, Vinman, and his brother. Um, what was the the. Uh, Ambassador, the that the redhead 
they were ah, forget it. You, you know, I, I was listening to um, uh, Steve Schmidt today, uh, and he went on a great rant on the I think it was the Joy Reid show, and um, I told Pop Tart maybe I'm just going to sit out of Potoms up tonight and record Steve Schmidt, and then I'll just hit that play button and <laughs> he's the best. And just, it just, oh, it was, it was a great rant. And one of the things that he talked about was um, the difference from uh, from the Democrat side right now, the difference between revenge and justice. And that, you know, there needs to be justice done that that isn't under or doesn't appear to be revenge. Um, and... Uh, uh, because you know that's and and the 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 Republicans aren't going to make that nuance difference for us. No, right? They're they're going to call it revenge, but it, it, as long as it's done within you know all of the guidelines of uh, of the law and and justice, then it will be justice. So he was definitely making the case that prosecutions um, need to follow and that uh, you know. As I think a meme you put up there, Fred, that a, uh, a coup with no attempted coup with no consequences is, is just practice. Practice, um, right? And and it's it's certainly going to happen again, unless and it could happen again even if they go after justice. Well, Steve Schmidt is dead on because if they let Trump walk away in his in his group of lapdogs, if, if they're allowed to just walk away and go off into the sunset, then you, you are just leaving the door wide open for whatever crazy comes next. You know, it's, it's not going to be Biden. You're not going to see, I don't believe you see a lot of corruption or strange goings on in, in his term, but who knows who they're sending next, you know? Yeah, no, they're they're. It's just like that asshole Ted Cruz. He he's saying it, it's a political. You didn't have to say his name when you said asshole. Oh, bearded asshole! Um, just to make sure you're not <laughs> confusing him with anybody. Josh hey, hey, I take exception to that. But he he's saying it. You know, it it it's a political thing and it's revenge. And no, it's not. It's you not how to incite that that insanity that people died in and who knows what would happen if Pence or Pelosi would have got rounded up by those people. Who knows? They might've ate them like in the back of a pizza parlor, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I Justice should be done. It's, it's, it's a, it's very simple. And what if it's not? Let me throw that out there. Like, okay, we already answered one one consequence of it not is it would likely happen again, um, especially if, you know, elections don't turn out the way that Republicans think they ought to turn out because they have this thing in their mind that, you know, we're a, right, a, a, a country that's majority right-wing nuts and we're not. But regardless of the... Um, the consequences that something might happen again. Fred, how are you going to feel about 
just the lack of balls from the DOJ and from the Democrats and from Biden to actually go after. Like, like how, how much are you willing to tolerate from them over time before you're like, hey, these guys are not doing the job? Not doing the job as in they're out for revenge? Is that no, is that... no. no Pers- wait, you, pursuing you the injustices, it. pursuing Hawley and and Cruz and Cruz and Trump and uh, you know Giuliani and Barr. Hello. Yeah, no, the, the question was to you. Like, how, how much tolerance do you have for their tolerance? I, I mean, I, I, Biden's already kind of hinted that he's looking forward. That That's already out there. Do you think that's a smokescreen? Do I, I don't know what it is. You think I, he's I, I'm, I'm seriously concerned about it. Nobs, you're concerned about it, right? Yeah, I could easily see all these assholes just getting off scot-free. I don't want them to. I, I think that looking forward is fine, but you can't ignore what you're compelled by the Constitution to do. Correct. So that, that's kind of my question is, is there's, 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 there's two levels there. The first level is, okay, they open the door for more insurrection, for more people challenging legitimate election results. There's, you know, um, more opportunity for them to just continue on with big lies. But beyond just that, the second level is, well, then why the hell haven't Democrats and the FBI and the state attorneys and the federal prosecutors pin something on these guys? brought these charges to grand juries and gotten the indictments. Is it because we're only two days into the new administration? Yeah. yeah that, it, my, my question was more about time, right? I mean, I don't expect it tomorrow. I don't even expect it next week. We do have the impeachment coming up, but. Um, you got to get people in those positions still too. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it, but at some point it becomes too long, right? And you know, not too long for the justice system. You know, what I mean, like we'll we'll hear about somebody that appeared to do some piece of wrongdoing, some white collar crime, uh, you know, that happened in 2013, and then all of a sudden it comes back up in my, you know, Facebook timeline that this person's you know finally going to court. And that's just the way it works sometimes. I mean, I'd like to change that too, but I'm willing to accept that it, that there's been, you know, the slow roll of progress made through our judicial system. You know, I mean, it, just an example with Trump is, you know, the the uh, defamation slash rape case against him. That's coming. <laughs> that right? but, like that's but, but it started in 2015. Yeah. You know. I don't understand how something like that has a statute of limitation. For, for some states, think, it doesn't anymore. I think for most states, they've gotten rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So but, now it's... but that doesn't, you know, you know, 
that that that's yeah that that's getting into the nitty gritty of the way the laws are are written. But I'm I'm just saying that I'm willing to accept as long as the wheels of justice keep turning and haven't come to a grinding halt. And and I I I I absolutely absolutely can envision that they come to a halt. And 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 you know. Biden figures out a way to gloss that over politically and and still keep, you know, the vast majority of Democrats behind him. I hope he doesn't. I right. I, hopefully know. Merrick Garland will get um, voted in by the Senate and we'll start going after some of these guys. Like if you, you know, if, if if they really go through the process and they really go through bringing in witnesses and bringing in evidence to a grand jury and the grand jury lays down an indictment and it's an indictment that is very much prosecutable, then you don't really have to, in my opinion, worry about the political fallout. No, I agree with you. But the old school... You know what I mean? Which we're still kind of living under the old school. And Biden still has that old school DNA. And Obama wasn't old school, but he operated under those old school principles. Says that the political fallout isn't worth it. And we don't lock up our leaders. Need to. (laughs) Absolutely. You're damn right we need to. I mean, and especially with this bunch that was in this last administration, they did everything in plain sight. It's not like you got to go digging for it. They've given you every opportunity to take them out. So whoever the attorney general ends up being, it seems like they'd have a uh, <laughs> pretty visible roadmap to get a good start on. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, probably the first place I would start is the 10 cases of obstructing justice yes. that, that Trump committed during the Mueller investigation. It's all right there. It, it's it's all, all right there. And, uh, you know, you, you can't obstruct justice. And the only reason that, that Mueller didn't prosecute was because he was, you know, uh, being a good soldier, uh, you, you know, trying to uh, uphold the policy, the memo, air quotes. And to think I was going to get a Mueller tattoo. You <laughs> <laughs> was so disappointing. <laughs> well, you, you waited to see how it played out. It was a pandemic. Couldn't go to the tattoo parlor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saved me. <laughs> um. Hey, I, I don't know if there's uh, anything else you wanted to hit on. I I, I, I did kind of want to kind of wrap up this this segment uh, um, with a, a, a song. No, um, why? That's maybe where you thought I was going. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, right now, I am in the camp, and I, I think you guys have argued with me before on this, and my predictions are not good, so history's on your side. 
But I am of the belief that Trump becomes irrelevant sooner than later. I'm sensing it already. I hope that's the case. I hope you are correct this time. Yeah. But do you think he will be? It's it's going to go one way or the other. There's going to be no middle ground. He'll either just fade away to nothingness, or he's going to have Trump TV create up uh, his Patriot Party, and it's going to be real scary in 2024. He, he There's no middle ground to this at all, I don't think. Okay. Creating a party takes work. He don't like work. And he doesn't want to work. So if other people around him want to create this thing and um, prop him up as some sort of you know puppet leader, which he would do, um, I don't see them putting that much effort into it. And um, you know, as I read in this article today, you know, his followers being kind of like the audience of hee-haw. Um, I don't think that they really want to put the work into it. <laughs> Hee-haw. Uh, <laughs> does, it, does it take a lot of work? Yeah, it does. I think it does. I don't know. I mean, you just need to get the, the, the yeehaws to donate their... Uh, no, because... Here, here's why... Paychecks to them, and then they no, here's get why, here's why. members to create some TV ads, and there you go. Oh. Hey, I'm... Uh, I really should uh, check out here for a few minutes because uh, Ezra Klein from Vox is on TV right now. And I, I mean, hear his words. I gotta, he's talking to Chris Hayes. I mean, I'm surprised their brains can fit on my TV screen. <laughs> Those two guys. I know. I mean, like I said, I would love to go to a cocktail party with those guys. But, you know, oh, my God, I would just be – I'd be in a position in no time. You'd suffer a brain aneurysm. I know. They, they, they would like see right through me. Like, poser. Get the hell out of here. Um, but <laughs> anyway, no, the the reason that third parties aren't successful in this country is because everyone wants to start at the top. So, you know, libertarian and green party or whatever, they, they want to play in the presidential politics, but they don't want to do the work of um you know starting at with local parties uh, local races and uh building their party that way and that's why they basically fail and um you know if you want to create the patriot party and 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 have a movement behind it you just can't jump into the political because what'll happen is you're just going to chew up you know votes from one party or the other and it, it won't be a success. The Patriot Party either splits the Republican Party and they lose horribly in 2024, or it becomes the next Nazi party. Um, yeah, no, right. That was That's kind of what uh, uh, fascist party is really what Steve Schmidt was calling it today. And um, uh, he, he was refra- re- uh, referencing the, the fascist Nazi party, uh, America First, in 1930 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hitler, I, Hitler tried a coup at first. Um, yeah. And then he came back and became their dictator. So, um, so I, I don't, again, that's, that's why I'm saying I, I see ill relevance happening um, sooner than later. I don't think Trump wants to put the work into it. And I don't know that anybody else does. 
Um, it's also really kind of strange in a way, um, but I like it. It, it, it. It's unbelievable to me how castrated he has become since he's been kicked off social media. Isn't it amazing? Like, it, why, why didn't this happen? I mean, we know why it didn't happen, but it yeah. should have happened two years ago. The last thing I have seen from Trump is when him and Melania got off the plane in Florida and he went and stopped to wave to his supporters and she just went straight to the vehicle. That's the last update I've heard about Trump. And that was two days ago. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. It is is wonderful. You know, we've got two years before elections and maybe they're going to drag him out to some rallies to support some candidates that are maybe in some tough battles. Maybe. But I I just don't see him being relevant in that way. I'm hoping I'm right, of course. And like I said, I could be wrong, but... um, and, and and another reason that I am optimistic on this is, is as I mentioned earlier, I was listening to some right-wing radio this week, and they kept trying to force the issue that he's not irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> so they kept telling their listeners that Trump is still our leader. Uh, who was it? Marco Rubio, I think, came out today and said, Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. <laughs> And so they're they're you know trying to you know fabricate the leadership, and when you're doing that, then yeah, you're you're you're, you're definitely uh, uh, losing on substance. Like like that 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 kind of says to me they know. Uh oh no he's uh oh, he's he's still important oh yeah yo Trump's still our leader, uh, no. <laughs> No, he's not. Anyway, so yeah, there's a there's a quote from Game of Thrones similar to that. And it basically says, uh, "You know, any man who has to say they are the king is no king." So yeah, you you lead by just leadership and your sheer your will and determination. Essentially, your presence. You don't just say, "I am the leader," and expect people to follow you. Absolutely. Well, you can follow me to the next beer, to the treasure trove. To the trove. Well, Nobs, um, I, I think we have a conundrum with beers this week. I think we all have our own separates, but we'll defer to you since it was your week. And uh, what, what are you bringing forth? Yeah, the beer I picked up, and I really wish you guys could have found it. And I Me too. You me uh, too. Yeah. Uh, one, Rochester Mills is close to you guys, so I thought it'd be easier to find down there. Boy, was I wrong. And two, it's their peanut butter jelly time milkshake stout. Peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter jelly time. So I thought that sounded fantastic. That's why I was so bummed I didn't find it. Yeah. Um, apparently it's seasonal, which whoever thinks about seasons. Blotto. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a milkshake stout uh, brewed with milk sugar, cocoa nibs, cocoa oh. butter, and Concord grapes. Ooh. Uh, and for being a stout, it's only 5.2%. Yeah, 
I Rochester Mills, um, you know, they don't really amp it up much, I don't think. Um, because knowing that I couldn't get the peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, uh, I found something that I thought was close. So not that it matters at all because we're drinking in different locations, but I picked up a Rochester Mills English toffee milkshake stout. Sounds interesting. Tell so us milk about it. Stout ale brewed with milk sugars and cocoa nibs. Mm. You share the cocoa nibs. <laughs> I I don't know what a nib is. <laughs> but you got uh, it. Uh, proprietary seven malt blend, 5.2% alcohol. Um and IBUs are 20. So I would imagine this is also going to be a little sweet. And um, I have I like milkshake stouts. I like the lactose sugars. Um, and I actually like coffee, uh, English toffee also. Been known to hit that button on the 7-Eleven latte machine. Mm -hmm. I've had a few in my past. And what do you got, Fred? Well, I'm the boring one. I, 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 I went to four stores looking for that one that the knobs got, and I, I had a couple in my hand I was going to pick up as a backup, like you did. But then I thought, nah, Blada will come through and he'll find it, and then <laughs> I'll just get it from you. So I, I didn't buy a second one. What I did do is I went back to one I think we've done fairly recently the Ellison Brewing Company Tiramisu Stout I believe oh, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I like this one and uh, I thought it would be sort of in the same realm stout sweet etc so I took the easy way out but eh whatever you know I saw a couple peanut butter uh, stouts um, and one was an odd sides. Um, and, uh, I, I picked it up and there, there, this was two, two different ones, odd side, something else, but both of them, I picked up, I picked them up. I was reading the can. One was 11%. One was 12%. <laughs> and I thought, um, okay. Yeah. Friday night could do it. Then I looked at the price. $35? $31.99 for one. I looked at the same one. <laughs> I Ouch. saw those two. And I'm like, uh, no. 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 Okay. That side is pretty full of themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking very, you know, very much looking forward to this English toffee stout milkshake stout with cocoa nut nibs. Um, they should spell nibs with a K, right, Nobs? Yes, I agree. <laughs> All right, Nobs, you start this show. What do you think of this highly elusive PBJ beer? Um, I tell you, the smell I kind of love. Uh. Because I definitely smell the grape flavor to it, which is interesting. See, that's what I would have wanted to really 
you know, uh, catch in that beer. Yeah. With, yeah. With and it. I didn't expect it. And then I get a, I do get a hint of the chocolate as well. Nibs? Uh, from the cocoa. Yeah, the cocoa nibs. Um, so I'm trying to think, like, what does this remind me of? Like, I know this combination. And I think the only thing it reminds me of is, you know, on Halloween, you get a big bag of candy. And you have just all those different scents of the candy. I think it's that. Hmm. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, it reminds me, it reminds me of Halloween candy. So, is there peanut butter? Yeah, I do get a little hint of peanut butter. Okay, so so yeah, it's like uh, like Jolly Rancher and uh, Reese's peanut butter cups all mixed together. Nice for the smell, at least the flavor. Um, those elements are all there. But they're at about a five, and I want a seven or an eight. Uh, but that doesn't sound bad. No, it's not bad by any means. No, I mean, uh, the, I, I'm saying that particular attribute that maybe where you're, you're getting some flavors, but not as much as you want. Is, yeah. You know, there are it, worse it, things it, to say about our beer. If anything, they should take it as a compliment, because I do like the flavor so much, I want more of it. Hmm. But there isn't, so I will knock them for that. Uh, well, since we've already done the tiramisu, um, I'll go with the Rochester Mills English toffee. Um, and the first thing that hit me was the aroma. And it smells just like that English toffee that comes out of the 7-Eleven latte machine. Like, when I opened up the can, it felt like I had just, you know, pressed that button, wait till the cup is three quarters full, release. And when I taste it, the same. Really? Yeah. It, it, it probably um, leans a little sweet mm -hmm. because, one, English toffee is sweet. Two, milkshake stouts are sweet. Um, so I, I'll have to, uh, give it a few more sips and come back to it. But, um, my sense is, um, I, I'm probably going to like it. Um, I just hope the sweetness mellows itself out a little bit. You know, if it still stay, it stays a little syrupy, it, it might end up being too sweet. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because mine is actually very sweet as well. So I don't really know if I can have more than one of these at a, in one sitting. Well, that. it, that's almost almost a given with this. Yeah. Um, uh, because English toffee is, you know, as sweet or more sweet than peanut butter and jelly. I mean, you know, it's yeah, probably um, more. Yeah, but it, but but, um, uh, but I like it. I mean, I, I like the stout. I like the flavor of English toffee. So that's that that works for me right there. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes down. And uh, I, I did buy two of these because these were these were only av uh, available individually as well at this point in time because you know they're they're somewhat seasonal. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, Fred, we couldn't hook up, but uh, I do have another one which you know I know I'm going to drink. <laughs> so, so what are you saying? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> hey, are we? Uh, Don't even think about it. <laughs> are, are we all in the for me category? 
for the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like still it. for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my 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 brewer wants to know, so I I I, I sent him a shot of it, and uh, he said, uh, "Tell me about it." So, well, my initial taste of it, I wasn't quite sure, but by the second third uh, drink, yep, it was for me. Um, and, and I can see myself throwing a few in the cooler. Mike's little wiener came through for us. <laughs> it did not disappoint. Which is size doesn't count. <clears throat> uh, it filled me up. Ugh, come on. Prison talk. <laughs> hey, um, before we get into the segment, I got some news that I want to share. Breaking news. Only uh, because uh, Peanut has been on the show before, I think twice. Uh, she has accepted a job in Texas. 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 She's going to see. No, it's, it's really cool, and she is so thrilled. This is like, you know, part of uh, uh, living her, her her dream life. Uh, she's she's going to build walls? Uh, no, they're tearing them down. See, that's the thing. <laughs> okay, I'm being serious. Yeah, they were never paid for Tell it. Tell us about it. Tell us about her. Uh, she's going to be uh, working at a primate sanctuary. No kidding. They have primates mm-hmm. in Texas? It's a rather large one. I don't know if it's like the largest one in the U.S. It's, you know, whatever. But uh, it's called uh, Born Free USA. What city? Uh, it's in Kaluta or Kauda or something like that between Laredo and San Antonio. Hmm. San Antonio. It's, it's down there. It's deep southern Texas. Um, and... Uh, it, it's an interesting place because they're they're very legit in the fact that y- you won't get an address. Like I scoured the internet trying to figure out exactly where this place was, um, because they don't allow visitors. It's not a zoo. Um, this is strictly a sanctuary, and uh, that's what she wants. You know, um, you know, there's 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 no. Uh, you know, monkey king that runs the place. <laughs> they, they didn't just accept like this 300 pound orange orangutan. This <laughs> just, just asking. Um, yeah. So she, she didn't really have time to talk to me today about it. Uh, I knew she had a second interview, which she called me this morning and said, Hey, I got the job. Gotta That's go. A, that Very is cool. all. So, um, a, that's a cool gig too. Yeah, yeah, no, she's it. she's absolutely thrilled, and uh, I don't I don't know any details yet, and so I'm real happy for her. And she she's always wanted to pursue her career in wildlife conservation or rehabilitation outside of Michigan. I mean that that was kind of always on her on her sights, um, and uh, you know how how this one worked out, whatever, and um, it did, and. She'll be relocating down there soon enough and taking care of monkeys. That's excellent. 
You know, I, I had to look up what a primate was. Because right. I, I, I didn't know the scope. You know? Like, yeah, like all the species that encompasses it. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking primate was just sort of the great apes. Nope. But primates Jeez. are pretty much, you know, the little monkeys also. Yep. It includes all kinds of primates, including us. Is Peanut going to have to learn how to throw or poo at others? <laughs> you know, I, I had that conversation with, with somebody already today. Is, of course <laughs> you did. You, you can bet she's probably going to get, get poo flung at her. <laughs> mm. And that won't bother her. Like, that will not bother her in the least, you know. You know, monkeys do a lot of gross things. and uh, She's very laissez-faire uh, about such matters. So, yeah. Rather exciting. Yeah, and it's one additional blue vote in Texas. Um, true that, yes. One more vote. Uh, that's a one vote at a time. That's right. Every um, vote counts. Yeah. So you know, I'll be looking forward to the day I can go visit her down there and see them. Uh, a, a story about um, this place, real quick. Um, I mentioned it's called Born Free USA. Uh Fred, you may remember, I think it's uh, early 70s, there was the movie called Born Free about the Andy lion Williams. cubs. Yeah. Uh, so the actor and actress that played the couple that uh, reintroduced the lions back into the wild or whatever the movie was about, uh, they really got involved in wildlife conservation from making that movie. And they're, they're, you know, that movie was hugely popular, but uh, they never really capitalized on it in any major, like, you know, box office way. Like, you know, you may have heard of them, but they're, they're almost kind of like, you know, B-stars at the time, even. Um, but they got really involved in wildlife conservation, and so they established this sanctuary uh, really shortly after the movie was made. Really? And uh, and then over time, uh, um, it's become um, just about primates. I think they started with big cats, and then they got away from the big cats, and then it's just become a primate-only sanctuary. So they they learn their lessons on big cats, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a, a whole different animal. So they oh, say, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that song Born Free by Andy Williams? Born Free. What well, was the title track of the movie, I believe? Yeah. 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 See, we did have singing today. Look at that. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. That's almost rapping. <laughs> That's your definition of rap. <laughs> but what we really wanted to talk about uh, tonight was sort of our 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 part two or follow up of a segment that we did a couple episodes ago. Uh, was it two or three episodes ago? Knobs. I think two. I think it was um, two. So where we discussed. Uh, um, 
your recent venture out into the range uh, to do uh, a little practice uh, of your Second Amendment rights. Yes. Um, and from what I understand, um, we've got a returning guest coming in to kind of join us in on this discussion uh, from, gosh, I don't know, an episode back uh, like you know, 30 episodes ago or whatever, maybe more. <laughs> yeah. May of 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, anyway. Knee uh, deep in Trump shit at that point. <laughs> I was knee deep in moving boxes. <laughs> so, so, so Fuzzy has, has joined us as well. And uh, Fuzzy, I'm going to assume that you're joining us on this segment because you also like to flex your Second Amendment rights. Is that fair to say? Um, well, uh, thank you for having me, gentlemen, first of all. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a pretty recent Second Amendment uh, convert here. Actually. Okay. Uh, back back when I was on, last on the podcast, um, I don't remember what we talked about at the time. It was probably just a fair amount of Trump bashing. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, You're a listener. That's good. Yeah. Um, but in the time since, uh, between then and uh, going to the range with knobs uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I've, I've been kind of converted. And not like a, you know, like, you know, uh, storm the Capitol kind of converted. But, you know, yeah, no, right. But just, no, uh, that's what we're going to talk but, about. Uh, uh, yeah, so in, in, I, I've, do, I've done kind of a 180. Um, okay, so yeah, you're kind of a newbie uh, like uh, Fred and myself into the whole, you know, let's shoot some guns for sport and fun. Um, uh, so that's kind of cool. So I, did, I didn't know if you were a avid uh, um, sh shooter or hunter or whatever, or um, yeah, Knobs is roping people into this. Before you know, yeah, we yeah. are going to be storming the Capitol. <laughs> I hope let's not. I hope I I hope we can stop short of radicalization, yeah. maybe. That'd be good. To yeah. anyone with the NSA who is listening, <laughs> that is not my intent. <laughs> I, I meant Capitol Grill. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The Capitol Grill over go. Somerset Mall. That's that's what I meant. We, we should go there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, um, I would say, you know, I, I went from somebody who thought we should, we it would be good if we could dump every single firearm into a pit and just melt it down for the useful metals. <laughs> like, build a wall that's, that's kind of how I was before. <laughs> and and uh, it maybe would make some concessions for hunters and, and that sort of thing. But um, to, you know, after the events of this year, seeing how uh, radicalized one side of the, of the aisle has become, uh, you know, calls for civil war and that sort of thing. I've, I've decided that it might not be a bad idea to have our side at least know how to use a firearm uh, <laughs> in the event that something like that were to get kicked off. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I ended up here, becoming gun curious. You know what's, what's funny about that? And um, obviously it's not true. I, I, I mean, maybe in like the, the, the most broad sense of, you know, numbers is certainly the Trumpsters of the world and the right-wing extremists. Um, they they do have this notion that the average uh, lefty Democrat doesn't know 
you know, what end of the barrel not to look into. Right. Like, uh-huh. you, you know, and uh, yeah, again, maybe just in sheer numbers, that might be true. But I think uh, in the event your scenario ever came to play, I, I, <laughs> I think we could hold our own. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There is a lot, though, that I that I've been learning that I, you know, that I maybe assumed about different firearms, but didn't have any firsthand knowledge of that. Uh, just heading to the range with knobs that one day really kind of opened my eyes to just the different feel, of, uh, you know, the feel of these different weapons in your hand, how much something as little as like not squeezing the trigger right can really change the the trajectory of, of the bullets and stuff. You know, th- that's all stuff that I think you don't really have an appreciation for until you get something like that in your hands and give it a try. So that was, uh, it was really eye opening for me anyway. And, um, you know, I don't know if I would consider myself a convert because, um, uh, at least in my discourse with people regarding the second amendment, I've always said that I'm pro second amendment. And if somebody wants to keep, you know, a pea shooter, in their house for self-protection, I have no problem with that. Um, and then always the carve-outs for hunting, right? So, um, you know, I, I've never considered myself sort of an extremist on on that. But as you're saying, I um, uh, probably kind of what la- what was lacking in my conversation was any real experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, going to the range and um, and having that experience, um, I, I think it does help you maybe uh, either appreciate the weapon, appreciate the skill that it requires, or um, have at least a better understanding of what it's all about. So, um, yeah. you know, for that, I, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, uh, knobs coaxing myself and um i think fred is kind of along the same lines i mean he may have done more shooting in the past than than myself we talked about it a little bit on the way home yeah i mean i shot some skeet when i was really young because uh, my dad and my older brother did and then when I was in the military, we had to shoot every year with the M16. So I had some experience at it, but I haven't touched a gun since uh, mid eighties. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I'd done it. So I was a little bit, uh, I was excited and nervous at the same time. Oh, just, you know, you really didn't mention Blotto is that, uh, we went, we physically went with knobs, uh, this past weekend and actually shot. I don't know if you mentioned that. I don't remember hearing that. So I think it was hinted at. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that yeah, wasn't that's right. making that's a good clarification. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I might have filled in my own blank there. Yeah. yeah we yeah, did we, our official potoms out outing. <laughs> and we did um, not drink while we were operating said firearm. <laughs> yes. Completely sober. Completely. Uh, and uh, just not that it really matters. It was a beautiful day. It was one of the most beautiful days ever, honestly. 
the That's snow because was you were shooting your guns. <laughs> no, like I pulled up to the range and I was just like, oh my God, it is beautiful. It was that perfect snowfall where all the snow was like sticking to the branches. It was awesome. It was a great yeah, winter day. I, I saw the pictures. Everything had a nice little coating of, of white snow and, you know, you, just, you got to ruin that with a bunch of busted orange clay. <laughs> there were a lot that were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah not not all of them got busted but uh and it was also uh you know what 36 37 degrees out so it was comfortable um yeah it wasn't uh wasn't too cold for a michigan day and the, and the other thing uh that i really enjoyed about the afternoon was the place yep. like it, it was very well suited for a newbie um to, to to feel comfortable. I mean, you know, one, there were a few other people around. They were kind of coming and going. We stayed longer than any other particular group. Um, but they, you know, it was very well set up in terms of the, the, the shooting ranges. Yeah. The, that range is fantastic. And I really like that. It's just a uh, state land and they went through and set it up like that. So. Um, so did you guys, um, when you were out there, did you have any interactions with the other shooters that were that were out there that day? Nobs did. Yeah, I did. Uh, no one else did, though. With the guy shooting the bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, was a guy with, there was a guy with a little uh, mini AK shooting. <laughs> Is that what that was? Yeah. That What's was, it, uh, what did you call it again? Uh... Zestav, I think it's called. Hmm. Zestava. That's funny because that guy was there the day that uh, Nobs and I went as well. And it was the exact same guy. And I had a message fuzzy about it. I was like, that same guy with that little mini AK is still there. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, had a, we had a similar reaction that you guys did, I think, when that thing went off. We're like, oh, oh, what? What is happening over here? <laughs> what, was that? what the fuck? fuck is that <laughs> that thing was excessively loud mm-hmm. was it's amazing. funny you brought that up so fred i this was one of the things that i was i listened to the episode that you guys were talking about guns uh, a few weeks back and um i think it was blotto who said something like you know there's no reason anyone would ever need an ar-15 or something to that effect and uh just see, seeing and hearing and actually feeling all these different weapons being fired really made me realize that there is there are guns for different situations for sure. Uh, <laughs> like that the AR-15 and that uh, that little whatever Frank Zappa gun that <laughs> yeah Zastava there you go. Um, they're so loud. I mean, I, I I couldn't get over the the volume of those things. Even with ear protection on, I was you know my head was ringing afterwards. And I started looking online and you're like, what people say these can be, you know, a home defense gun. Why would you ever want to fire that thing in your home? And a lot of people were saying that really you don't, it would be something you'd, you'd want to use out in the field <laughs> in an open area. If you, if you had to, um, and that there might be better options for something in the home. So yeah, it's more like a, a backyard defense gun. <laughs> right. Right. You're trying to, you know, <laughs> hold a position somewhere, not necessarily, you know, stop a guy in your house if you, but there's a flip side to that too. I I was reading online that there was you know a lot of smaller framed people that have a hard time with a big shotgun or um, 
you know, don't feel as confident with a handgun, something like an AR-15 where you have, you know, several points of contact with the weapon, it's easier to stabilize. That's actually a safer thing for maybe a, you know, smaller framed person or, uh, you know, not buying it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, no, no, after uh, firing them, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't think that there was a difference there. My arm was. Oh no, no, there's, there's a, after firing that shotgun. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a, there's a definite difference. I, I, I mean, I would still, I, I still don't think that they're necessary weapons, and I, I, I think to kind of justify, you know different scenarios where it would be more appropriate, I, I think are a reach, but that's, 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 that's really not here nor there. Um, you know, like what I still support an assault weapons ban. Absolutely. You know, so what would you define as an assault weapon? Yeah. So this is something that hangs up a lot of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's a couple of things about it, right? I mean, the, the, the first is, um, uh, I, I would say, the uh, what is the design of the weapon used for? So, you know, assault weapon design is made to be used uh, in, uh, like, combat situation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they have a pistol grip. That's why they're the length that they are. That's why they, uh, like you said, you know, they're easily controllable versus, say, like, you know, a long rifle. Um, you know, that's part of the, the, the thing that makes them an assault weapon. They're, they're designed to be in a combat situation. But then they um, would be automatic, though. Pardon me? Then they would be automatic. No, they don't need to be automatic. I mean, some, in, fact, in, in fact, most situations, even in combat, where people have, are using fully automatic weapons, uh, are, are told not to put them on fully automatic. Sometimes they'll put them on burst. But to keep them in semi-automatic, uh, because just you know, spraying bullets is not necessarily what you want to do. Of course, but the option is there. But, but the option is there, but that doesn't mean it's any less of an quote-unquote assault rifle. You know, the so the, 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 the caliber um, uh, it, it also comes into play, and uh, how many. Um, um, Magazine capacity is, is also something that I, I, I don't really get behind. And, and, and Nobs knows, knows this because I, I kind of, you know, brought it up even with his handgun. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that's the part that, I, that I, I'm starting to notice is that on our side, the left, people tend to throw around the assault weapon uh, label pretty freely. And I never know exactly... What I, I I get that the you know scary black rifles with <laughs> with all the extra stuff on them that makes them look menacing can can be intimidating for people, but when you actually look at the mechanics of what's happening, uh, it's not all that different from a pistol or a handgun. It it has a longer barrel on it. It fires you know ammunition that travels at a higher velocity, but you can. I mean, you can get a lot of shots into a into a handgun, like you were saying. <laughs> the magazines on on that Glock, I think, what did that hold? Knobs, eighteen rounds, seventeen. 17. Yeah. No, as I, I said, mean, really, it really is a matter of what the rifle is designed to do. You know, I mean, that, that, that to me is where I kind of draw the line. You know, it, it's not a great home protection piece. 
I mean, again, yeah, you know, weird like scenarios of small people that need help that want to hold a gun in a more stable way or whatever. But you know, if you've got a loaded AR next to your bedstand at night, you there's another you've got a more serious problem. Yeah, I'm not saying it has to be loaded. I mean, but any gun can be loaded pretty quickly. It's not uh, true, true, true. That was a bit hyperbolic. Sure, I, I, but I get what you're saying. There's a difference between somebody who's like sleeping next to the thing with it under their pillow versus, you know, it's in a gun safe and, you know, keep it away for the kids and stuff. Yeah. But, 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 I mean, but, but going back to the range, because, you know, just, just like last time um, when we did this discussion, I, I didn't want it to be about the Second Amendment or uh, about the politics of gun control um, okay. because we did enjoy the day. I, 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 I'll add some things into it in, in a second, but. This was about um, uh, us enjoying the day of, uh, you know, going out and doing some sports shooting. Like, that's what, you know. And, and the one thing, um, Fuzzy, that uh, Nobbs uh, kind of, I, I would say, enlightened me about, okay, or at least brought to my attention in a different perspective, hmm. um, from the last discussion is that uh, being that we have the second amendment protections and rights that makes it much easier to go and do the kinds of things that he enjoys. That makes it much easier for us to go to a state park and uh, shoot ski or to target practice, right? In, In countries that don't have gun rights, it's much more difficult for them to even do something that is relatively safe and regulated and, uh, if you will, sporting. So the Second Amendment right that we have allows that to happen more freely. And, um, you know, that's, a, um, that's probably an aspect that I, I, you know, hadn't really thought about, right? If we repeal the Second Amendment, which I'm not in favor of doing, but, you know, what... What would that mean if, you know, we wanted to go shoot ski, right? right. Would we would have to ch- check check in with the local office and, you know, tell them how many bullets we're going to shoot or whatever? You, you know what I mean? Right. It, I, it, I think that's the part is like it. There's no idea of what it could mean at that point. Right. You know, right. And like I said, nor, nor do I support uh, yeah. appealing the the Second Amendment. I really just support the idea that the courts look at it in the ways that they're supposed to look at it. But uh, again, let's not delve too much into the politics uh, of it. Um, let's just kind of, you know, to, to, to me, the, 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 the skeet shooting was very enjoyable, um, um, both in a challenging way and in a competitive way. And to me, that seemed like real sport, you know? And if anything, it probably got me thinking about like, you know, I, I used to, I, I, I used to tell myself I wanted to get into duck hunting, but I never did. And doing that kind of made me think, geez, why didn't I, you know, because most of them would have lived. <laughs> it would have been real good for the ducks. It would have been good for the ammo companies and good for the ducks. <laughs> yeah, I meant to I meant to ask, how did you guys feel about you know how you did as far as how you know how quickly you picked it up and 
how many you were hitting and that sort of thing. Fred? Well, first couple of shots were total nonsense and didn't even come close. But I hadn't touched a gun since the mid-80s. But it was interesting. It's like when I hit my first clay pigeon, just nicked it. <laughs> I wasn't even mm-hmm. sure I broke it. But just hitting that first one kind of gave me a little confidence. And then basically once I settled down, I think I was probably hitting 50 to 60% and was thrilled with that. And that made it a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, it was great. It was yeah, great. Fuzzy, how, 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 did, how did you think you did? Um, so I was, I was pretty nervous. I'd never shot a long gun like that, a shotgun or anything like that. I'd, I'd fired a couple pistols out at, uh, <laughs> a grandparent's house, you know, at beer cans and stuff, but never, uh, never anything like that. And that's what we started with. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I missed my first couple shots, yeah. but I think I hit the third and yeah, just seeing that thing bust apart in the air <laughs> was a really cool, a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started to get the hang of it and and by the end, I think I was hitting most of them (laughs) and, you know, felt like I was really on a roll and yeah, I mean, it was a, it's like you said, the, the sport of it started to come into view a lot more and, and just the fun that I was having doing it. And that's, I think that's the thing that gets discounted a lot. You know, when we, you hear people talk about, gun rights and, and the second amendment and that sort of thing is like, it, it is just very fun to blow a thing out of the sky with. <laughs> with <a shotgun. laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I concur. And uh, I, I'm right with you, Fred. And I mean, Nobs and Fred can disagree, but I, I, I thought I was also probably in that 50 to 60%. Sometimes I'd get on a little roll, you know, so I felt like I was driving that average up, but then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd miss. Um, I think and, the only thing that was keeping you guys down in lower percentage like that is that we had four very different shotguns on that table that we were all swapping between. So there was mm. no chance for you guys to get the feel of one in particular. And so they're all very different how they shoot, even though they're all 12 gauge shotguns. Uh, I, I think that's part of it. And, and just certainly uh, comfort with it. I mean, it still was new and, uh, you know, fuzzy, kind of like what you said, you know, there's a nervousness to it. Yeah. You know, I went through like two boxes of shells. So that's about 50, right? 50 yep. shots. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure that I ever felt completely comfortable, um, you know, when I was getting ready to shoot. Um, but to your point, uh, Nobs, the, um, the time that I did the best was you guys were still in the handgun range and uh, Bubba and I went back over to do the ski and I used the same gun. Uh, I believe it was Mike's, um, mm-hmm. you know, that one that kind of looked like Jed Clampett might've owned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the single shot break action. Yeah. Yeah. The break action. And um, uh, I went on a little roll where I, I hit like, I wasn't counting, but it was like six or eight in a row but I just used that gun. Um, and that was probably, you know, the, 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 the one time that I was, you know, probably more consistent with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I think, you know, consistency matters if you want to um, get a little bit better at it. You know, but my, my goal wasn't to, you know, keep up with you and the other guys that were there. My, my goal was, you know, to hit a few. And so I was yeah. pretty happy with what I hit, you know. And, yeah. we, we obviously weren't keeping score or anything. It was just yeah, a, a yeah. fun outing. To... And, and the other thing that I noticed, and Fred and I talked about this on the way home, um, was, uh, and, and I think he agreed, um, I seemed to do better when there were two shooters. Yeah, I noticed that. There's a few people that were better when it was a uh, little versus competition. And I, I don't know if it's a competition or it's a concentration thing. Um, but, uh, you know, cause you, you know, when the skeet went up and if somebody said top or bottom, whatever it was, I, uh, yeah, that, that, that level of concentration just seemed to be right there, um, to, to track it. Um, and, and that's a big part of shooting skeet is, is learning how to track. And you could feel whether whether or not you hit it, because there were times where I felt like I tracked really well but still missed. And mm-hmm. right, that's probably a normal situation. Um, it happens to me all the time. And, and then I there's hate I hate it. yeah, right. Um, and and then there's the times that uh, you know. I guess you don't track, but you still hit it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> thank God it's a big. <laughs> It's a big spray of BBs out there, you know, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I, I took, there's that little video that Fred took of me, which, you know, I kind of mentioned it like where, when I missed, it was just, just a lack of concentration. That's what I said. I'm like, yeah. And then I think of myself, should anyone say that they lack, you know, that they've dropped their concentration when they have a... <laughs> A weapon in their hand. Maybe not the best choice of words. <laughs> right. I really wasn't paying attention while I was pointing this gun <laughs> <Yeah>. around. <laughs> but but that's you know because especially if you're if if you don't track right away it it it's it, it's kind of hard and then you're squeezing the trigger just hoping to hit it. Um, and, and I'm sure that happens too, right? I, I'm sure I didn't do a good job of tracking the skeet, but I still managed to blow it up. So yeah, that was all 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 very cool and. The um, other than that, which is really no explanation at all, I don't really have a good explanation as to why. Because you know, Fred, you and I, we almost we got past the early struggling, right? We both missed our first two or three shots and then hit our third or fourth. But then when we both stepped up there and did the one and two, that's when we really kind of, I think, realized, oh, we could do this. Yeah, it definitely was just a matter of tasting that little bit of confidence. And it's like, yeah, I think I'd figure this out. Especially if these other clod hoppers that are trying to teach it. <laughs> they can do it. I can do it. Now that's your competitive side. That's <laughs> very much. I got no, the, out. The, the, the Fred I know of soccer days, nobody was going to be able to do something better. Well, I'll tell you what, knobs, you – Bubba, Mike, much props. You guys, you guys were fun to watch. You, you, you guys are good, and I, and I hope to put you down one day. Not with, not with the gun. Not with the gun. I, I appreciate that. I think uh, you, you know what, Nobs. I'll, I'll echo that. You're a great teacher, a great cheerleader, and one day you're going down. You're gonna be his bitch. 
<laughs> well, I, I will say you guys were all excellent students, and it was really fun to show you the in and outs. And uh, honestly, I've really gotten a kick out of doing that the last uh, six, eight months or so is, um, for lack of a better term, arming my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I personally think it is important, even if you don't want to own a gun, to have the knowledge of how to operate one. Um, Fuzzy, I know you've mentioned in the past, like if you were to have found one, a, a pistol, like on the sidewalk or something, you wouldn't have known how to even, you know, necessarily, uh, you'll unload it safely. You clear it. Yeah, that's, yeah. and that's, you know, I, I would have known which end not to point at people, <laughs> you know, but there's things like, you know, safety measures, like keeping your finger off the trigger at all times and, you know, and, you know, keeping the safety on, you know, clearing the chamber, dropping the mag out, all that stuff is just, you know, not as intuitive as you might assume it is. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good to, to get some experience with that. <clears throat> So much so, that I, I liked shooting your uh, your Mossberg 500 so much that I went out and, and bought one myself. So. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, did you oh, there you go. Taking it to the next level. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, as much as as much as much I wanted to have something in the home for, for some kind of self-protection, um, home defense, really the, the fun of going to the range and just the camaraderie of, you know, busting some clay uh, over an afternoon is something that I don't think I'll ever stop enjoying. It was, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Um, and I don't know whether it's a matter of the targets or the moving targets, but uh, I, I certainly enjoyed, uh, you know, shooting the skeet more so than the, the handguns and the AR. Um, yeah, me too. Maybe if we would have had like, you know, soup cans up on a fence and, you know, you know, blew them up. Um, there, there would have been a um, an additional thrill for me to, you know, so to speak. A, a tactile feedback you yes. get of like yeah, a thing. But, you know, a thing happened when I pulled the trigger. Because yeah. you go through those paper targets so quickly, the paper doesn't even move. Yeah. I mean, I, I was surprised by how little the paper moved. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've got pretty good eyesight and I was had a hard, I was, you know, looking, yeah. moving the gun out of the way and looking down and staring like, did I hit that target or not? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times, you know, I'd cleanly missed the entire thing. And that was, that was really surprising for me. Hey, fuzzy. Um, yeah. Did you, did you, when you were in the, um, the pistol range did did you get any holes through your target that were the length of the bullet <laughs> we were shoot, we were shooting we were hitting wood so the bullets were tumbling oh, nice. in the air and you could see the whole length of the bullet we had some beauties i don't think i got any of that but i did manage to like hit the ground behind it and see like water splash up from it so that was i guess kind of neat but no no sideways bullets for me yeah, we had yeah, some tumblers some pictures. They're, they're pretty cool you can see the profile perfectly that's funny but yeah well, i mean that that's uh so you're talking about like the the wood uh you know encasing area right like that was all around it you're hitting some of the chipping some of well, that they, they had that like I guess it would be considered like an armrest or whatever. 
mm-hmm. but it was so high and we're not really tall people and we're trying to get over the top of the, the wood to sight in on the target and oh well, took some wood with it. <laughs> you, you certainly were not the first and you will not be the last. There was a lot of uh, evidence of that happening. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, that range. yeah. yeah they, they need to, they could lower that by about six inches, <laughs> three inches and uh, you know, for someone that's just um, what I would consider to be like myself, slightly below average, right? That, that would, it would make a world of difference. Yeah, I'd be I, I, I do. A few times. I, I do kind of um, uh, regret maybe not trying it uh, in the sitting position. Mm. Yeah, just, I have not just tried to try. It there. Just I to try. Like to. Yeah, yeah. I bet you you'd have much better luck because you know you're you're not having to take a stance per se, and you you definitely got that. Uh, wood to rest your hands upon. So I, I think it'd be more successful for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess part on the handgun and the AR where again, when we're not, you know, blowing up cans or milk jugs or something like that, um, you know, because there wasn't that a, a immediate feedback. Uh, I, I didn't care if I was successful or not necessarily. You know what I mean? Like I'm shooting the paper target, but I just didn't really see the point in it as much. I think those targets should bleed if you hit them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think? Well, okay. You know, remember what I I said on the way home. And, uh, you know, part of, like I said, I, I really, really enjoyed the skeet part. But when I'm when I'm shooting the handgun, I'm just kind of feel like I'm practicing to kill somebody. Hmm. And uh, you know that's that's just kind of all it felt to me. Like I I didn't catch the sporting part of it. I just felt like okay, I'm I'm learning and practicing how to use my handgun in case I need to use it. Right. And I'm not using it to, you know, do anything. But what would I be using it for? Yeah, I need to I find some steel targets then. For sure, those um, knobs turned me on to some videos. I don't want to necessarily plug the guy here because his views might be kind of doesn't matter. Cool, but there's uh, some a series of YouTube uh, videos. I think the guy's Hickok forty five, and he's yep. got this range on his property with tons of different sized like steel targets, and um, they'll be like hanging hanging steel plates that you know move when they get hit. Or a big gong that he's got in the back. Um, he sets up like clay pots and bowling pins and two liters and all this stuff. He's got this nice big area to shoot it. And that just looks like a blast to me. Like like you were saying, you know, you shoot a paper target and it's like, okay, I put a tiny hole in a piece of white paper. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> but if you're shooting a two liter and it explodes, you know, and a <laughs> fountain of red soda goes everywhere. Or you know, you're knocking down a steel plate and you can hear it just go plink. That, that seemed like you know you'd feel that the sport of it Perhaps, yeah. because like i said other than that i just kind of felt like i was practicing for something that i would hope i would never have to you know use that skill for yeah i i agree with you i, I kind of felt the same way i was like man i was having a lot of fun shooting those skeet and uh the handgun and the ar are like 
would like to be more proficient with it because I felt like I was terrible with both of those, but it didn't feel like, oh, we're having, we're just having fun hanging out. You know, it felt like this, <laughs> this is work, this is practice. <laughs> there, there definitely seems to be a seriousness to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Hey, uh, so uh, I think I, um, yeah, I, I mentioned this, but Fred, you've, you've had more training with, with rifles. Um, but I obviously, you know, m- my shoulder really wasn't bothering me the next day because I had the butt of the gun clearly resting on my bicep. <laughs> and so, what so you're I, is you don't know how to use a gun. So what I, I've got a bruise on the top of my bicep that looks like a Zeppelin. A Zeppelin. <laughs> And uh, I mean, it, 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 it's still a long way from, you know, getting back to flesh color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I checked for bruises. I had none, but there's a bunch of tattoos there. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe I should turn mine into a tattoo as a badge of honor. There you go. Blotto, I had a very similar thing on my right bicep. I just beat the hell out of with that shotgun and... I sent a picture of it to Nobs the night that I noticed it. And I think his response was, what the fuck is that? <laughs> See, I'm not going to put myself out there like that. I do not need that criticism. Just take my word for it that it's got a lovely uh, color palette. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not alone. I, I made that mistake too. And uh, I won't make it again. <laughs> well, <laughs> my I'll fully admit that in my youth, I also made that same mistake at skate and i had the same bruised bicep as well and you make that mistake once well this is this is the part i I guess in some respects i'm anxious to get back out there because what would i do how would i hold it differently than what i thought was comfortable and proper obviously it wasn't right but i'm i'm kind of like you know what what does it feel like then to hold it proper? And then, you know, do I, that, does that also help my shooting? Do I go from, you know, 50% to 70%? Yeah, it's difficult to see how you're holding it because we all were wearing uh, fairly thick jackets, uh, much like Bernie was. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, right? I, I thought to myself, look how badly I'm bruised now. And I had, uh, a really thick coat on. I mean, like it was like that, you know, it's, it's sort of that uh, quilted flannel, you know, jacket that's, that has the kind of the hoodie built into it. Like it's really thick. And then I had two layers on underneath that. So I almost, you know, I had like three to four layers thick there. <laughs> yeah. That part just bruised us really easily though. But if, if, you, had uh, it up on, if you had it up on your chest, uh, I'll say I had zero bruising and I was not sore whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sore. So that, that part wasn't so bad. Uh, except for the bruise. The bruise was sore. <laughs> the only time I got hit in the bicep was literally the first shot. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to have it in the crook of your shoulder. And so after the first shot, I had it up in the shoulder. No issues from that point. <laughs> Just the first one. Yeah, me. I watched a video where a guy was saying even almost with the with those twelve gauge shotguns to bring it in almost on the inside of your your pec 
Um, so you really kind of want it almost not center of your chest, but you know, kind of bring it in yeah. that way yeah, to bring it in that, that far. And so I, I, I same as you, I, I want to get back out there and uh, give it a try, see if I can improve and maybe not beat my arm up so bad. <laughs> All right. We need to make a date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me know. I would love to join you guys. I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I'm doing nothing uh, the next two days. <laughs> knobs uh i got you know a wife and kids here i I can't just drop what i'm doing to to go to the range tomorrow (laughs) i gotta plan it a little farther ahead than that all right (laughs) two days from now (laughs) knobs i'm a i'm a screaming liberal you know, so I, I got to be careful how often I go to. Yeah. You don't want to end up with a red hat on and a, you know, tiki torch in the other hand, right? Hey, if a, if a Bernie bro can go out there and want to be out there every other weekend, then you can too. I, that I, I'm sure, I'm sure Bernie has a shotgun. Yeah, he's in Vermont. He, he has to. <laughs> <laughs> To say though that is something that I've noticed, you know, just um, just in these past few weeks, uh, it's it's something I can talk to with a lot of people that I didn't have a lot of other things in common with, you know. Um, you had family members you talked about it with, right? Yeah, yeah, family members that maybe you know I didn't have a whole lot of you know other common interests with. I've found you know letting them know, hey. I'm kind of into guns now <laughs> is, uh, is, is opened up something else to, to just kind of chat about and, you know, yeah. commiserate with them and be like, Oh yeah, man, I can't find any ammo either. And you know, just, just, it, it kind of opens a door. It's an olive branch, I think a little bit too. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're right on with that. T- today I had a conversation and I have a good, I, I have a very good relationship with my boss and he lives in New Jersey, but he, uh, uh, he, he leans Trumpster, but not too bad, I'd say, right? But he uh, he, he loves his guns, and he's mm-hmm. one of those people that drive up, you know, like the average, you know, where they say, like, you know, <laughs> there's like 300 million guns, but they're in 50 million households, you know? Right, right. And uh, uh, because he doesn't know how many he has. <laughs> at some point you just lose track yeah. i guess <laughs> yeah he has he has uh he doesn't really know the exact number um but yeah it was a it was a it was a fun conversation with with him this week about it and uh um you know i i sent him a, a few of the picks and and whatnot and uh you know he he knows that i'm a you know uh a bleeding heart liberal so uh you know, it, it made for, for good banter as well. Um, what was interesting is uh, we were talking about whether or not it's fun, okay, uh, quote, to shoot uh, um, uh, pistols and semi-automatic, you know, long guns and things like that. Um, and uh, he, he's got a, a two twenty three AR, um, but he says he really doesn't like to shoot it and that he's got a 22 caliber AR that he loves to shoot. And we were talking about the difference in like, what is the goal? Like, you, you know, and if the goal is to kind of just practice your target shooting or, 
get out and shoot and be comfortable with the weapons or whatever, um, you know, that achieves the same thing for, uh, you know, just a fraction of the price, a fraction of the noise, a fraction of the stigma or whatever. And he's like, you know, he, he, he much ra would rather shoot his 22 AR than his 223. Yeah. And there's, I, I, you know, in looking into those and trying to see what, what, what's in stock and what's available and trying to just learn about the different, <clears throat> you know, calibers and ammo types and that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of those rifles that you can convert. You can get a different, uh, uh, basically a kit that allows it to shoot that, um, you know, less, mm. <laughs> I would, I, I'm putting air quotes around this, but you can't see cause it's a podcast, but the less lethal, uh, rounds, you know, that are more easily available that are, you know, kind of designed for target practice and, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's kind of what he, you know, was, was, was saying that, that he also prefers, but, um, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. By the, by your definition, that would still be considered an assault rifle though. Mm. I said I would also put caliber in that equation, but 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 yeah, I probably would. I mean, like I said, it's you know, I think I gave a pretty good definition. I don't know if if you guys ever want to get into that uh, full debate, I'm more than happy to uh, give my thoughts on it. But I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to step on anyone's toes if you don't want to go down that path. Uh. Well, we'll have to see what the Biden administration and the newly Democratic Congress does to see if they want to push additional gun control measures. Yeah, maybe that's a better time. You can, uh, that's you have, right. If you want to give me a ring <laughs> to, to hash that out, I'd love to. Yeah, we'll give you more than a 20 minutes notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for being available. Um, yeah. You caught me at a rare time, you know, the, the, the wife and kids are, are out at grandma's house and I was just finishing unloading some groceries and, and oh, you're about ready to start some laundry. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get some stuff done here, but this you is know, why you don't have a gun. I don't get a, I don't get an opportunity to, you know, do a podcast every day. So. <laughs> caught me at the right time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it. That was yeah. uh, good. Appreciate it. Good to hear you again, fuzzy. Yeah. Likewise. It was good talking to you guys. I'm, Serious about that. The next time you guys uh, want to hit the range up, let me know, and I'll try to we'll try to schedule something. I guess let's do it. You soon. know, I'm down. I yeah, like to sounds down. good. Cool. All right, all right. We good? Yeah, yep. we're good. Uh, until next week, gents. Adios. Thumbs up. Bottoms up. Thumbs up. Bottoms up. Politics. Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics I don't